Nut Nerd Podcast, Episode 161, Merriam-Webster. Welcome to the Nut Nerd Podcast. I am Nate Heath, and we are here to help you tech better. We've got some tech news, some tips, some follow-up. Uh, of course, their Apple was all over the news because they are supposedly doomed. We'll discuss that after I cover some other stories to... Uh, up my mood a little bit here with me as always mr dave baylor the one thing that can up your mood to the max yes, is me a true is true that, that is the truest thing i've said yes. all day i wish you could all be as fortunate as i am to podcast with mr dave baylor well i just want to say i had a harrowing experience which is a good reminder yesterday uh my daughter and i were hanging out throughout the morning i had mm-hmm. been using my laptop earlier i set it down by my chair She had her sippy cup with chocolate milk that Mm -hmm. I set on the stool. Uh, Hours later, I realized that for some reason, the sippy cup chose that day to start leaking. And Mm. I had chocolate milk on my laptop. Not a ton. uh, But I was like, oh, no. Well, I guess I'm going to buy that new laptop I've been thinking about. Yeah. So I turned it off immediately, looked at it. It looked like it had just kind of run down either side. My laptop was actually up on its edge. Leaning against the, the stool. edge with all the ports or the other edge? Well, mine has ports on both edges, so the charging side was up for okay. those of you familiar with MacBook Pro. So I'm looking at it going, oh, no, some on the keyboard and down the back. So mm. kind of wipe it down. It's turned off. Take off the bottom case. Figure it needed to be cleaned in there anyways. Got a bunch of dust out. Kind of looked around. Didn't look too bad. A little bit of moisture. Tried to get everything out of there. It's been a little bit weird hmm. since then. And so I'm just like, I'm. it's just a good <laughs> reminder. Make sure your computer's backed up if there's anything you care about it. And I'm not worried about the data. I don't necessarily want to buy a new computer. But uh, I know that all my data is backed up to multiple places. I've got that taken care of. Good reminder, I uh, set somebody up on a Backblaze mm cloud backup account completely safe and it's 50 bucks a year Uh, if you need help getting that set up we have a link on the website but i'd be more more than willing to help you get that set up Mm -hmm. especially if you have a business multiple computers please just just back stuff up Uh, my mom's iphone went out her six or six s wow it's not very old luckily i had had she just had the battery replaced too so we're trying to figure that out if it was related to the battery replacement. Mm -hmm. She didn't go to Apple. She went to a Mm. third-party approved and authorized Mac store out in Beaverton. She went and actually she bought the iPhone 7. She Mm. likes the size. The price is right on the iPhone 7. We've talked about that where I always recommend get the newest, newest, newest. But for her, and her old one had 16 gigs of memory, so we had just been working over Christmas. Like, what can I delete so that I can take more pictures and all mm-hmm. that stuff? The new one's 32 gigabytes. Right. So she is much happier. Dave, mm-hmm. as we record, this is January 7th, yeah. 2019. Do you know what happened on January 8th, 2016? January 8th, 2016. Was there an Apple event of some sort? Um. Uh, not an official Apple event. I don't know. I don't remember. Episode one of the Not Nerd oh. podcast. We are wow. at three years this week. January 8th, 2016. Episode one, Define Not Nerd. Mm-hmm. The who, what, when, where, and why of Not Nerd. Learn a bit about what it 
This is all about from Nate and David, the co-hosts, when you're still going by David for not nerd. <laughs> yeah. We talk a lot about what tech means to us and how we want to make technology work better for you. So I thought it might be fun if people haven't been around since the beginning or haven't heard that, I'll put a link in the show yeah. notes. Go back and listen to episode one. It's kind of terrible, but... I suppose you can listen to it if you want. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. We we like to think we've improved a little bit. We recorded at your kitchen table. Yeah. Uh, we've I moved think, to the living room now. Yeah. We had handheld mics, I think. And, yeah. Uh, but it's a pretty short episode. I I <laughs> really, it's a good one. Go back and uh, go I back and listen. listen to that. Yeah. Yes. I know I listened to it, I believe, right before we hit 100 episodes. Yeah. And I want to listen to it again uh, just to see how far we've come in helping people tech better. Well, let's move on to some follow-up. Uh, we talked two or three weeks ago about how Samsung had been doing some tweeting from iPhone and mm-hmm. somebody else was taking picture with a DSLR and trying to, might have been Samsung too. Well, Huawei, one of the big, huge Chinese phone manufacturers, they actually punished two employees after the new year for tweeting from iPhone. So the story is a little bit hazy as far as if they're actual Huawei employees or from a marketing agency, kind of like what we talked about, that they probably don't work for Huawei. But again, if you have the Huawei account, make sure that you have a Huawei phone to Mm -hmm. tweet from. I mean, that just that's part of the standard operating procedure. Yeah, if you're the big uh, design firm for Microsoft, you should probably be using Surface tablets. And if you're using Mac stuff, you probably should just kind of not include it on any social media yeah. or photos or anything like that. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's just basic marketing stuff. Yeah. Uh, but they actually demoted these two employees for tweeting. It was like a ha- just hashtag Happy New Year tweet from iPhone. Yeah, and didn't somebody get their pay suspended for a year? Yeah. How does that even work? I don't know. I'm not going to work for you for a year with no pay. It's a, it's a little different world over uh, in China as far as employees go. Um, another article, I was just talking about this, and it uh, is a very in-depth look at how much of the internet is fake. And so it's looking at... um, Is any of it real? (laughs) I don't think so. Uh, I think it was in um, relation to the glitter bomb story and Mm. just how so much stuff is fake. But this is talking a lot about that we have crossed over where there's more bot traffic and fake traffic like on YouTube views or just, you You know, scrapers. like not internet bot, but like purchased. Is that what you're talking about? No, like internet bots, like going through fake, more correctly, fake views of websites and videos and all that stuff. There's a picture on the article of a rack of like 30, 40 phones where they probably have them set up. There's these click farms where Mm -hmm. people can pay and somebody will just sit in a room and click on a bunch of different devices to get you more views or likes on your stuff. Uh, And so it's a pretty interesting article. It's from uh, New York Magazine. And uh, yeah, the New York, the intelligencer. Intelligencer. (laughs) That sounds like a Nate word right there. Well, and I wouldn't choose to use it implying that I'm intelligent by using a word like intelligencer. (laughs) Intelligencer. So what the term that they've talked about, this hypothetical event of the inversion, where there's more bot traffic 
that's trying to be real than human traffic mm. on the internet. And they think that we might be around this. So not only videos or photos that have been photoshopped or altered, but also just the fact that so much traffic, you know, Facebook got in trouble last year from upping their video views, saying there was a ton more video views than people were actually getting. And, you know, there's a whole section on the people are fake, and that's where they get into some of these click farms. Yeah, so it's... That's, that is crazy. It is interesting. It is interesting to think about as you as we try to, you know, live more of our lives or less of our lives online, just that there's so much more going on than what we realize. It's not just Aunt Edna commenting on our Facebook photos. Uh, there's so much in the politics. You know, we keep talking stories about how all that stuff's going on. So good little read. Check it out. The Intelligencer from New York Magazine. Uh, you know what is Intelligencer? Dave's Pro Tip of the Week. Yeah, now I have to perform. I have to be better than the Intelligencer. Now, Nathan... Have you ever been at a movie or a performance or a family event or function that you wanted to silence your phone, but you're like, oh, I don't want to turn everything off because then I'll forget to turn it back on. And so you live through a barrage of vibrations in your pocket or on your watch or whatever. Yeah. You've, you've had that situation happen. Well, I'm going to tell you a way that you can have your cake and eat it too. You can keep your notifications close by. But you can also make it to where they won't bother you. So a lot of people may not know about this. But if you have an iPhone or an iPad and you want to get to your notifications to do this, you swipe down from the upper right-hand corner if you're on an iPad or a 10-style iPhone. <laughs> and if you're on a, uh, a click button iPhone, you swipe up from the bottom. And this will get you to your control center. Yes. All right. So now we're all in our control center, I think, if you're running iOS 11 and newer, I think. But uh, there's a moon-shaped icon that Mm -hmm. is there. That, if you press it once, it will turn your notifications off. Any text messages, any, like, news articles or uh, Twitter alerts will be silenced until you unclick that button. Well... Now press and hold this button or 3D Touch if you're on a 3D Touch enabled device and a submenu pops up mm. and it says, do not disturb. You can set it for one hour. You can set it to turn back on later this evening or you can say, until I leave this location and mine just popped up the address for where I am right now. Wow. And That's so if I, if I click that and I drive home, my notifications will turn back on. So you have more uh, granular control over notifications. And there's one last button at the bottom of this screen called Schedule. And if you press that, it takes you to your uh, settings application where Do Not Disturb lives. And you can schedule when you want your Do Not Disturb to turn on and off. Do you have yours currently scheduled? Yes, I do. Uh, Every day from 11 p.m. to 7 a.m. I have Do Not Disturb. Now, one of my beefs with Apple is that you cannot do this on a per day basis like you can with alarm clocks because uh, I think I've groaned about this before. On the weekends when I'm DJing at the bar, Mm -hmm. I am there much later than 11 p.m. and I don't want my phone do not disturbed. And most people, I would guess seven days a week, they don't have the exact same times that they like do not disturb. But it is very helpful just not to have to, again, like you're saying, Mm -hmm. you don't have to worry about remembering to turn it off or 
turn on do not disturb at night and then turn it off in the morning. You can schedule it. And the um, until I leave this location is a great one to remember. Uh, we were going to Christmas Eve service mm-hmm. at uh, my parents' church. And as I'm driving into the parking lot, I go, ah, I'm going to turn this on because as much as I like to stay connected, I don't need to. I'm mm-hmm. going to enjoy Christmas Eve service. Right. So that's good. That's a perfect example of yeah. where you can press this, say, I want it to go for an hour or when I leave this location. And you don't have to worry about it. When you leave, it'll turn back on. So that is advanced do not disturb mode for iPhone. Wow. I like it. Good tip. Uh, and I believe there's some similar ones on Android. Again, we apologize, mm-hmm. um, but we don't think you should be using Android anyway. <laughs> so you're going to have to look it up for yourself on Android. And I believe the vast majority of our listeners are iPhone listeners because they're so intelligent, sir. (laughs) You're intelligent, sir. Yes. On to our takes of the week. It's been a little bit of a slow uh, news cycle as things get ramped up. But uh, one thing that we talk about every year and, um, you know, the one of our first episodes was about CES, the Mm -hmm. Consumer Electronics Show. I remember it. We were were dreaming of going to CES. How was that? Dream coming. I'm next year. Next, next year. year, let's go. Uh, I heard somebody talking about that. There's like over two hundred thousand people that attend this in Vegas. Mm. Uh, it's an annual show. Every or most of the large electronics manufacturers show up. Now you don't see a lot of the a lot of people have taken cues from Apple and moved their big announcements away from CES just because there's way too much it's stuff. A lot going of noise on going on. Um, but I did find an article, and it's. As you listen to this, it will be in full swing. Um, but I know that uh, there's a lot of predictions and a lot of people kind of pre-announce stuff. But looks like we're going to start seeing 8K TVs. Mm-hmm. With, we don't even have 4K content out there. Yeah. And we're already switching to 8K. So. Yeah. And another thing to keep in mind with CES is there's a lot of announcements for stuff later this year. So there'll be gaming stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm sure a lot of smart home stuff, smart car stuff, drones, but I don't know. We'll look at it next week after it's over if there'll be anything that happens there that really you need to care about. Uh, anything that's going to be a mainstream product. It's usually everybody jumps on these super odd, mm-hmm. random, you know, video toasters or something <laughs> like that. Uh, but it'll probably just be a lot more of the same. So that's CES. If you're interested in it, there'll be a lot of coverage going on. And we'll mention it again next week. Yeah. This one surprised me, and it shouldn't because it should be happening. Windows 10 has passed Windows 7 in market share. Yeah, famously, Windows uh, computers, the newest operating systems continue to support, or the newest programs continue to support operating systems way, way, way back to XP or beyond, and they have all this legacy code. And so I think as Microsoft, as a software platform developer, it's just part of doing business on the Windows that you have to support all these devices when they're old, because people are really slow to upgrade. But it looks like the trend is finally kind of moving along and tipping uh, with Windows 10 surpassing Windows 7, because I thought there'd be people holding out for Windows 7 forever. Yeah, and Microsoft has, they've moved it back a couple times saying that 2020, I believe, they will end support for Windows 7. Hmm. Um, Feels like it just came out. (laughs) It's been around a while, and um, I will say this. I love Mac 
I love Apple computers. That is what I prefer to use. But mm -hmm. in my line of work, I do IT support for a lot of Windows computers. And Windows 10 is so much better. I, I think it's the best version of Windows there's been. Now, you'll always have people, and there's still 4.5% of people are on Windows XP. 4.5%. Why, people? It's legacy that's, hardware. Is that's what it is. early 2000s, Windows XP, and it is legacy hardware. But you think, I mean, how many, is there probably several billion PCs, and this chart has a breakdown, and 86% of all PCs are running Windows, mm -hmm. just over 10% are Mac, and just under 3% are Linux. Now, within Windows... Windows 10 just passed Windows 7 to get 39%, just over 39%. Windows 7 is at uh, just under 37%. And there's over 5% using Windows 8, which Windows 8 was so bad that Why? they rushed out Windows 10. So Windows 10 was so bad at the beginning. The migration was mm -hmm. a horrible experience. We talked about that for weeks and weeks about how to avoid automatically upgrading to Windows 10. Mm-hmm. Now they've kind of been able, they still have issues though. We talked about the latest update was deleting people's document folders and everything. But definitely if you're getting a new computer, go Windows 10. Make sure that that's what you get on there. Uh, older computers, it's probably time to upgrade if it's still on Windows 7. That would be a general rule from my IT mm -hmm. uh, brain is if you have a Windows 7 computer and you need to use that computer, it's probably time to upgrade it mm -hmm. um, and get something with Windows 10. And Windows 10, there's some things I don't like, but overall, it's a pretty good operating system. So I am glad to see that people are finally making this move because I know a lot of people were planning on holding on to Windows 7 forever. Well, Apple... I've heard of those guys. Did you get a letter from Tim Cook this week? I didn't. Uh, well, we probably should, should have. have. Yeah, as as shareholders, I own like point. And of course, the whole reason all this happened is because I put an extra $50 into Apple shares. <laughs> and so uh, it went down. Via yeah. the Stash app because you can buy partial shares. So that's why they're having so many problems. But Tim Cook wrote a letter to Apple investors talking about how for the first time since like 2002, they had to revise their guidance for their quarterly results. Mm -hmm. Now, before I get too far into this, the stock stuff has nothing to do with the products. And I think especially in this case, people love Apple products. Mm -hmm. Apple is doing great things. Stock prices are weird. One of the things they talked about a lot in this letter is that the economy in China was very bad last quarter. So a lot of the people that they had projected would be buying iPhones didn't. Mm -hmm. Now there's a lot more Android competition in China. There's you know, people the iPhone are... ecosystem isn't as important in China as it is, say, here. Right. Uh, just because of some of the limitations they use. Everybody there uses WeChat instead of, like, messages or text messages. So there's not platform lock-in. Yeah. Um, so that was a big part of it. They also talked about, he mentioned, the battery replacement program that we were, we were telling all mm -hmm. of you, hey, if you have an older phone, go get this $29 replacement so you don't have to get a new phone. So a lot of people did that. Yeah. And so Apple didn't sell as many new phones. So which, it's our fault. Yeah. <laughs> so it's actually, this letter is a great news to investors because it means more people are using, or not investors, the environment, right. more people are using older devices for longer. And, but of course, everybody's come out of the woodwork with their hot take on how once again, Apple is doomed. Now, Here's the important thing. It's not like they said um, their original guidance was, I believe, 
89 to 95 or 85 to 89 billion would be their uh, revenue for this quarter. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's billion with a B. Yeah, that's a lot. And they revised it down to, I think, 81 billion. Mm. So it's like 5 billion less on this one quarter against their projections. It doesn't mean they had a horrible quarter. I have, even with us telling people to do the battery replacement, I know a lot of people that have gotten new phones Mm -hmm. this year. I see a lot of the new phones around. Yep. A lot of people are really finally getting to the point where it's really okay. I can get rid of the home button. I'm okay making this transition. It's really the worldwide market that's affecting it. Yeah. It's not nothing here in the States that's appreciable. Yeah. And I think they have something like 1.5 billion active iOS devices between iPhones and iPads now. So Mm. um, you do start reaching the limit of people on Earth. Half of those are you and me. (laughs) Yeah, that's true. Um, So I I think it's an adjustment. One of the positives that I took away from this is I really think that um, Apple has been extremely, not lucky, but they've been extremely fortunate over the last since basically since the iPhone came out, mm-hmm. and this is going to really challenge them to step up a little bit and figure out where they can make adjustments to do this. One of the things uh, people are mentioning is, you know, their long rumored TV, video, movie service. Mm-hmm. They have all these devices. They've got a lot of lock in. And so any way that they could make all those services better, maybe we're paying a little bit more money to get a video service. But mm-hmm. if Apple can do it right, they've been producing TV shows, all this stuff. Yeah, they've built, um, the, they've built the install base out, and now they're going to start selling services to that install yeah. base. Yeah, so I think I'd, it's very easy to look at this and go, oh, no, Apple's not doing well. The China economy is not doing well. I don't know if anybody's heard. There's a little bit of a trade uh, (laughs) argument going on between the United States and China. So there's a lot of uncertainty. The other thing uh, that I didn't put in the show notes, but I was looking in the stock apps, Mm -hmm. stocks app, and I looked at the year trend for Apple and I was like, oh yeah, that's kind of a big dip. They're below where they were a year ago and they Mm -hmm. had had a lot of growth. Then I looked at Google, almost mirrors it. I looked at Facebook, almost mirrors it. I looked at Alphabet, Google's parent company. Yeah. Everybody look has the, been seeing the same thing. You the whole stock market. The five-year picture yeah. with Apple. But again, much better. But again, I mean, it's a, Apple gets the links. Everybody wants to talk about Apple. Everybody's, well, a lot of people in the tech world are hoping for Apple to do, be doomed because they're the biggest, all this stuff. But even Amazon as well. All the stock prices, you know, over the last year or over the last few months have really taken a dip and after having a lot of really good years in the tech industry. So I think it's Mm -hmm. a little evening out. I don't think Apple's going anywhere. They're still making 80 plus billion dollars in one quarter. Uh, They're still one of the largest companies in the world. So that's why we've kind of moved away from a lot of the stock reporting stuff just because it's completely separate from having a good product and being able to tech better. Um, and the day after, I believe it was the letter, they released a thing saying that New Year's Day was the new single day Apple App Store record sales. Hmm. Uh, so New Year's Day, everybody had their new devices or they were sitting around after being up late going, hey, what app should I get going spending money. So that goes back to the services. Apple's making more and more money because they've got a great ecosystem that people want to use. Oh, the fun article you found, the Apple Watch is now bigger business for Apple mm-hmm. than iPod 
ever was. When Apple Watch first came out, people were like, oh, this is dumb. You know, it doesn't do anything. It's like a remote control for your phone, et cetera, et cetera. And you and I are like, just wait. Yeah. And I'm like, and I remember this, this uh, specifically, I said, they're going to sell more of these in the first couple months than the rest of the smartwatch manufacturers will the entire year. Yeah. And that yeah. completely came true. Yeah. And now they're selling more watches per month than any watch manufacturer combined of any kind of yeah. watch, yeah. even the $10 Casio at the store. So they're doing they're yeah. doing okay, I think. And I even there's a guy, Ian Thompson, from the Register UK, <laughs> and he is an Apple hater. And I just heard him yesterday. And he's a UK hater because he lives in the US. <laughs> yeah. He, on the, he was on the This Week in Tech podcast, and they were talking about Apple and this whole story and how Apple's doomed. Mm-hmm. And he's like, they haven't had a good product since the iPhone. And the other guy's sitting there going, uh, the Apple Watch. And he's like, oh, who uses an Apple Watch and all this <laughs> like stuff? And it's like everybody, <laughs> everybody, just because you don't like Apple doesn't. I mean, I really am starting to see Apple Watches. I see Fitbits all over the place and Apple Watches. And as soon as Apple gets their software, oh, yes. their competition software we'll to get into that some fixed, point. Uh, Fitbit's doomed. Yeah, but no, Apple's going to be okay. All that to be said, uh, we can you can just skip to that part uh, now that you know to skip to that part and skip all the stuff you just listened to. But it is interesting story, and uh, you know the fact that Apple's only had to do that one time in their history back in two thousand two, where they had the misguidance, and I looked and it was like. They were like under two billion for the quarter when they did that one. So to think mm-hmm. there went from two billion then to like 85. 80, 90 billion now. <laughs> uh, that's uh, a little bit of a change. Another article. Tell me about this, Dave. This clever AI hid data from its creators to cheat at its appointed task. So this one will maybe make the hair on the back of Todd Workoven's <laughs> neck prickle up a little Foil bit. Foil hat. So they were trying to, to do this experiment or this uh, make this product with artificial intelligence to convert photographs of land masses, so like satellite imagery, into like road maps and convert them back and forth. Uh, so they were running some algorithms and had the artificial intelligence going or whatever, and they allowed the software to run and Converting it from a satellite photo to a street map and back was uncannily accurate, hmm. like a little too accurate. Yeah. And so what they had found is that the algorithm had put invisible markers inside the converted map so that when it converted it back to satellite imagery, it could rely on that data oh, to reconstruct wow. it even better. And the original programmers did not tell it to do this. It just figured it out on its own. It's yeah. like, oh, I'm supposed to do this to make this. I'm going to cheat. No one said I couldn't embed yeah. data in this. And so there's a big, long article about it. And it shows the difference layer. It shows the satellite photo, and it shows the the uh, rendered driving map photo. And then it shows the difference between the two. And that difference is where it encoded hidden signals so that it could replicate it back to the original source. And that was not the intent of the program. The program was to do it from scratch, but the, uh, I guess the algorithm got a little lazy and just wanted to kind of cheat. So anyway, it's, it's a fun read. If you're into any of this type of nerdy tech stuff, it was one more little check mark on the artificial intelligence going to be taking over the planet with the, the uh, robot dogs and, all the other scary things yes. that technology is producing. Oh, man. The next 
story. This isn't as much a story, but uh, the Wirecutter, which we love, their review site and probably one of the most reputable. They get the right people to spend the right amount of time with the right amount of different devices or mm-hmm. services to f- find and recommend the best ways to do things, the best things to purchase. And this one um, was especially, you know, after Christmas, probably a lot of kids got new devices, the best apps for managing your kids' phone. Mm-hmm. Their pick for iOS is the Apple Screen Time app, which has been just developed in iOS 12. Uh, it gives you the control to control time and kind of know what your kids are doing with their devices. You can control time with this? <laughs> yes, you can control time. Yeah. No, we use it with our kids, and it's uh, they can use it to run this application for so long, and then it shuts off, and they can ask for permission to run it longer. And before you say to parents, oh, you're just oppressing your kids and pushing them down, kids would spend all available time doing particular tasks on their phone because they've not yet developed that thing that says, shut this off and be productive. They would just waste their entire day. I've seen it. I've seen my kids do it. My son I've done it. Yeah, I've done it too. Uh, So these tools are so great for parents to be able to help get their kids to do something else. Well, one, I mean, you can just take the devices away from your kids, but that's a little extreme. Yes. But these tools are great. So that's for Apple. What did we see on the other platform? Yeah, so luckily they didn't just say, oh, Apple's is really good, end of article. They have a pick for Android too, actually two picks. Um, For kids on Android who are under 13, there's Google Family Link, which is very similar to screen time. Mm -hmm. It gives you a lot of limits to be able to schedule and do all of that stuff so that you can control an Android phone. And then they also have have one that I had not heard of, Custodio. Custodio, I Custodio. think. Yeah, with a Q. Like a custodian yeah. of the child. I have heard of this, but I don't know much about the Android. Yeah, yeah. So they have a premium version for $50, $55 per year, uh, which gives you a lot of detail about um, usage on the phone. So somebody over, a kid over 13, uh, that's when you might not want to start watching more of not just time using, but kind of what they're doing and being what websites to... are doing, what chat applications are using to communicate with their drug. Lead. Oh, I mean, their friends. <laughs> yes. Yes. Um, but yeah, so that's uh, some good. That's a common question that we get is how do I manage my kids on here? I know there's some other services as far as if you want to be able to monitor everything. But it again, like you said, it's finding that balance of Having some information as well as just being an involved parent, knowing what your kids are doing, educating them on making good decisions with their technology. Hmm. Uh, Well, we have some security stories this week. They're a little bit different than our typical uh, breach of everybody on earth. The first one (laughs) is a uh, fascinating story about China's APT10 hacking group. This affects me because they have targeted MSPs, which are managed service providers, mm. uh, which is kind of the new term for IT guy. Yeah. So uh, like myself, I have several clients that do IT or I do IT for. And so I will have a lot of credentials for all those companies. I will uh, have access to their servers. I have all this access. Well, this group in China realized if we can get to the MSPs, then we can get into all of their clients. So it's an easier. And Why it, break into the, the Pentagon when I can break 
into the guy who cleans the Pentagon's computer because yeah. he's got the keys to get in, right? Exactly. Um, so it looks a little bit broader that and how China has focused all this hacking. Um, but it was another, I read another article this week about these MSPs and how it's the cobbler's children mm-hmm. never have new shoes kind of a analogy where MSPs, they take good care of their clients, but they don't always have the best security in place. And I uh, guess and I, get should, lazy. I should look out, too, because I'm an M- MSP for anyone over the age of 65 in my circle of friends. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, so I have if all their credentials. If and... that's China's target, uh, they'll be coming <laughs> after you. But they showed um, some spoofed emails that they had created where they were doing phishing attacks on mm-hmm. MSPs saying, hey, you know, there's a vulnerability in this service, you better click on this and check this out. And uh, if they can get in that single point of failure and get access to a bunch of people, it becomes much easier on mm. them. So very um, something to keep in mind for all of us. The second one is one that you found and delete the mm. Weather Channel app if you're concerned about your location data. Well, I think the title should be just delete the weather channel app yes i mean there are hundreds and hundreds of weather apps there's built-in weather apps in one is i always go but i try all these other ones because people are like it's so great the default one on the iphone it opens and it tells me the weather (laughs) forecast i don't need a whole lot more than that yeah well i use dark sky which is pretty good but the reason you need to be careful of the weather channel app is because for years they've been using customers location data to uh, sell to advertisers. So you get the app, you put in your zip code, everywhere you go, it has hyper-accurate information about your whereabouts. And it takes all that information about your habits, where you are, sells it to advertising companies, and then they advertise back to you. It's a huge cash project for them. The problem is they didn't disclose any of this to consumers unless you count the 10,000 word service agreement yes. that you click through, which it's kind of hidden in there anyway. It doesn't say yeah, it in plain it's English. it's not real clear. So uh, the state of California is suing them. Yeah. And I wish that other states would sue them as well. Well, and we've talked before, like if you get a install calculator app and it says, we'd like to use your location data, you're like, why would you need to use that? That's a little more obvious. Or we want to sync your contacts. Yeah. <laughs> but a weather app, location data, you're like, yes, I would like the weather location where I am, not mm-hmm. somewhere else. So that makes sense. But then, yeah, kind of the shady back. Yeah. Well, and they were recently purchased by IBM, who apparently was full aware of this type of behavior, which is one of the reasons they wanted to buy the application. Yeah. So aye, anyway, aye, aye. Data, data, data. it is shady. Yes. Our bonus odd take of the week. Uh, this was one that I found a while ago and uh, it's just a fun little link. Merriam Webster, our dictionary friends of yore. Since 1828, Merriam Webster has been an authority in dictionary. So they too have a lot of data and they've created the time traveler page where you can pick any year you would like, and it will show words that were first introduced that year. So I'm going to go back hmm. to the year you were born, 1966. <laughs> That's not the year I was born. Oh, uh, well, we'll go to 1966 anyways. And uh, it starts off, it just gives you a big picture of all the words, acid head, acid rock, <laughs> adaptive optics, afro, <laughs> afrocentric, Alfredo sauce. <laughs> Uh, so it's really an interesting look. So that's very interesting. The style of words 
I would associate with the mid sixties. Yeah, yeah. And so um, you were born in seventy four, seventy three, seventy three. I'm an old timer, but not uh, that old. So you can go back in adrenal leukodystrophy, hmm. affluenza. Alprazolam, apparently the medical industry was big in 1973. <laughs> a lot Bikini, of breakthroughs. Bikini wax. Oh, yeah. Uh, chronotherapy, C-section. Yeah, that, is this the first year that we had hospitals was 1973? <laughs> I, I think so. Everything before that was the medieval Disquette, times. Diskette, uh, earth tone, fetal alcohol syndrome. Hmm. It's like, well, I guess a lot of words probably do end up in the medical genre. Quango, yeah. one of my favorite words <laughs> I've never heard before. I don't even know what that means. Yeah, so it's a fun little link. You can go look. Video game was first used in the word hmm. in the year 1973. That did, tells did, me a lot about you. Where did Quango <laughs> as well as televangelist oh man so yeah go check out the link it'll be in the show notes I'm definitely time traveler merriam webster downloading it now yes uh and the other thing you'll be downloading now well maybe not this week our picks of the week so last week i picked up a product that to replace another product that i'd purchased before now i go out and about occasionally and i want to take a power source with me because I can never be guaranteed that there's going to be a plug if yeah. I go to a fast food restaurant to work on my iPad or, or whatever. And so I've been hauling around this kind of, it's, I think it's a ten or 11,000 milliamp uh, kind of third-party, no-name battery. But what I loved about it is it had these two little prongs that would pop down and you stick it in the wall to charge. You don't yeah. have to have a charger and a cable. It's self-contained. I love that fact. Well, the prongs broke. I mean, they just stopped working. They didn't physically yeah. break. Uh, so I don't, you know, I hate charging it via the little USB part. And so I'm like, enough of this. I've been eyeing this other product for years and have failed to pull the trigger on it. But I finally did. That was nice. the straw that broke the camel's back. And the product I'm talking about is the <sighs> Anchor Power Core Fusion Portable Charger 5000 milliamp hour with dual USB wall charger, foldable plug, and power IQ battery pack for iPhone, iPad, Android, Samsung Galaxy, and more. Wow. Product. Let me guess, um, you got it from Amazon? I got it from Amazon. <laughs> it's the Anchor Power Core Fusion for short. Yes. And I got the black color. You can get it in black and white. Um, what I love about it, though, is it's very compact. It's about the size of like a laptop power brick. Yeah. It's yeah. kind of that size, about three or four inches square. Uh, it's got two foldable prongs that pop down, and there are two USB ports to charge devices with, and there's one micro USB port to charge the device itself when you don't have, have a wall plug a, a or... wall plug which is odd to me but maybe you're charging it in the car or something yeah. like that but the great thing about this is it's dual purpose not only is it a battery that can charge via ac wall outlets it's also just a standard usb charger yeah. you plug it in the wall you plug your iphone or ipad into it it passes the power through the device into your accessory and it charges it so nice. it's not only a battery it is a charger very cool very cool yeah it's i i do like the product i did get a chance to check it out and it just makes sense we talk a lot about having power when you need it and mm -hmm. this is uh covers a lot of those bases when you might need power on the go either if you have an outlet or if you don't you got that 5,000 milliamp hours to mm -hmm. keep you going for a while and it doesn't you know it's not going to charge my ipad pro it's not going to charge my phone to 100% probably, well, close probably yeah. to 100%. 
But man, it's great when you're out for a few hours and you just need a little extra. Yeah. yeah. Energy. How often are you more than a full charge away from? Yeah. When I camp once a year, yeah. that's about it. Exactly. Every, every that's other when time, you hook it up to the car battery and go from there. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Dave, what would you, what did you pay for this thing? I think I remember, I think you paid, was it somewhere around 25 bucks? It, it, it is uh, right around 25 bucks. The price probably fluctuates a little bit yeah. right now on Amazon for the black color. It is twenty five ninety seven. And oh, I discovered that there's a red color also. Mm. The red one is twenty nine ninety nine. And the white one is twenty nine ninety nine. So around twenty five thirty bucks. I got the black one because it was cheaper. But you may be fashion conscious and want either the white or the red yes. one, regardless of what you pay for it. It is a great value. Yeah, no, I like this, and we highly recommend Anchor. There's always cheaper options, but Anchor has a great reputation in the power and battery market. Well, my product this week is one that uh, Dave and I have actually been using some, and I actually mm -hmm. started paying for this product. They have a free <laughs> version. Yes, yeah. I paid for a product. Uh, it is called Zoom. Well, it's called Zoom. Their yeah. website is zoom.us. And what this is, is it is a, a meeting, an online meeting, flawless yeah. video, clear audio, instant sharing. It's like FaceTime for your computers. Yes, FaceTime or Skype, but it has a lot more features built in. So you can have a meeting with somebody in the free version. You can do that. I think it's limited to like an hour, mm -hmm. um, but you can have multiple people on the meeting. And they have very easy controls to, uh, you could phone into a number to do the audio or just use audio through your computer. You can use it on your computer or your devices. You can share the screen on your computer. Mm -hmm. So if I built a new website and I need to show it to somebody, I can get on a video call with them. We can talk through it and be looking at the uh, video at the same time. Mm -hmm. It's just a great service. I think the entry level version, there's the free version that's free forever. And then I'm paying the $15 a month just to uh, get rid of some of the limits. Um, mm -hmm. But man, I yeah. 15 you, bucks a month to be able to, I mean, meetings, I'm not going to say I hate meetings, but there is a lot of time that are wasted in meetings, especially if you're having to drive or mm -hmm. fly or do yeah. whatever to go see somebody. If you can do a quick and video is so helpful in a meeting because you see the it's a better interaction. So being able to do that, use the webcam in your computer or the camera on your phone, mm -hmm. have a meeting, get face to face without all the travel time, all the other stuff. Putting on clothes. Yes. I mean, everything slows you down. Exactly. So 15 bucks a month or just use the free version forever. Zoom.us. Mm -hmm. I highly recommend it. It's a good, uh, I've not had any issues with it so nope. far. And we've done a couple meetings with some other people, had multiple people on there, and it just worked like it was supposed to. Make sure you guys are subscribing in iTunes or subscribing in your favorite podcast app. You don't really subscribe in iTunes anymore. Mm -hmm. But leave us a review within iTunes or the podcast app, whatever. It really helps us out, helps us get out in front of more people. Our random Amazon purchase of the week. Another way to really mm -hmm. help us out, go to amazon.notnerd.com. Just bookmark that for whenever you're going to shop on Amazon. It goes through the smile link too, so you can give to a charity. And you'd be surprised the tens of dollars we make a year off of that. Stuff. Yeah, yeah. So it gives us a little affiliate fee. Well, I've started going in to check and see. I don't see who bought it, but I see what has been bought mm -hmm. under our affiliate code. Yeah, for privacy reasons, we, we don't see who purchased yes. these items. Um, and so this week, I found somebody bought, I'm guessing for the holidays, the Lanyar... Dog, reindeer, holiday 
pet clothes sweater for dogs, puppy, kitten, cats, classic red. <laughs> a kitten cat? <laughs> yes. So, what's a so Dave, cat? I'll show you a picture of the uh, this dog... <laughs> Sweater. It looks like an arm sleeve, but I'm guessing there's some holes on the bottom for legs. It's just like a tube with a picture of a penguin on yes, it. Yes, a penguin Christmas sweater for a pet. Cats and dogs, it's equal opportunity. <laughs> so maybe you bought this for Any... one of your cats nope. that I know you love so much. Nope. Uh, now, pet costumes, we've had... <laughs> for our dog Rex he has a couple we put a christmas sweater on him this year he does not enjoy it I <laughs> does don't it think... keep him warm though yes yes so there's kind of doesn't that doesn't he have side. a vest also i've seen he a has vest. a vest a couple jackets <laughs> stuff that we've kind of accumulated for free over the years we don't spend a lot of money on this but it is a big industry <laughs> so this product has four customer reviews at four and a half stars wow four they do have multiple sizes uh, i'm going to see if the price varies before you Put out a guess on what you might pay for this. So we're going to go medium, mm -hmm. right in the middle. There's extra small, small, medium, large, and extra large. Uh, the medium size, the back length is 13 inches. The neck girth is 13 inches. And the chest girth is 16 to 18 inches. So that will probably help you yeah. uh, make an educated guess on this. Dave, what do you think you would pay for this lovely... Dog reindeer holiday pet clothes sweater with a penguin on it. I think the more accurate question would be, Dave, what do you think someone else might pay for this? Because I certainly wouldn't spend any money on it. Um, this number stuck out in my mind, and it might be a little low, but I'm going to go with six ninety nine. Oh, you wish. This one, the medium rings in at twelve ninety eight. Mm, man, I'm half off um, on that. And guy. so the title's a little bit off because the penguin is the one we were looking at. They also have a reindeer styled one. Oh, I would have paid more for that. So if you bought this, we would love to see a picture. We will make it the show art on the episode. <laughs> Let us know. We'll get that out on social media. Your pet in the penguin sweater. Thank you so much for shopping through Amazon.notner.com. Yes. We do appreciate it. Um and our Patreon account, we have a new Patreon supporter. Did you finally convince your mom to support us? <laughs> no, did not do that. But Mr. F Dylan Gentry, the one oh. that has called in with several tips for the show uh, and put his wife's Apple Watch into a knife box yes. to give it to her for Christmas. He is now supporting the show. And I actually... I support his podcast, The Single File Pod, which I mentioned before I was on for an episode, uh, Outcast, Sorry Miss Jackson, we covered a number <laughs> yeah. one hit song. Well, I just recorded another episode with mm. him for one of the greatest songs of all time. I can't wait to hear what song from it is. From 1990. Bieber. Bieber in 19... He wasn't even born in okay. 1990. Yeah, I don't know. 1990, a little old song... Vanilla Ice's Ice, Ice Ice Baby. Wow, you got a good one. Oh, it was. He gives you a list of five, or he has a generator and it picks mm -hmm. five. And I had to go for that. So that'll be out uh, within the next week. I'll make sure to post on social media to go check that out. We had a lot of fun hmm. discussing the enigma, which is Vanilla Ice uh, and or Robert Van Winkle, which Isn't is his he real name. Working at a grocery store now. <laughs> that was another guy. He oh. is, uh, <laughs> man, he's been all over the place. But uh, yeah. So thank you, Dylan, for supporting us. You can go on Patreon. You can just give us a buck or two a month. There's some different rewards you get for different levels. I don't see it on here. Did you add the handwritten note? <laughs> I did not add on that if you support. That was supposed to go to the end of the year. Will you extend that? Yeah. I, Dave will send you a handwritten 
thank you note or note of other kinds <laughs> if you uh, pledge to us on the Patreon. We are very appreciative of that. We love yeah. doing the Not Nerd podcast. We I'm gonna... love talking about technology. We have so much of it in our head. And this is just one more way that you can help us uh, make a little money off of it so that we can also love feeding our children. Mm-hmm. And I'm going to send Dylan a letter. I don't know when he... Uh, signed up or what? It was just within the last couple days. So. Okay, so I will extend that, and I'm going to send him a note, and it's going to be a good one. And it might not even be on paper. Wow. Yeah. Wow. I like that. Well, thank you so much for listening. Thank you for telling your friends. Uh, thank you for all that you do. Now get out there and tech better. That's funny. That's what uh, the college friends of of uh, Webster used to say, Merriam-Webster. <laughs> no? <laughs> I might cut that part out. <laughs>